Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, Blockchain Explained. It's not just about money. So if I'm able to post my resume information, my academic qualifications, my employment history, if I'm able to post that to the blockchain and have that verified absolutely by the institution for which I used to work or where I went to school, then that information can be guaranteed to be accurate. If I told you that every financial transaction, everything you do on the web goes through a centralized authority to manage a transaction, would you be uncomfortable with that or would you be okay with that or would you say this is a great opportunity for cyber theft? Well, if you're not paying attention by now, you will be after we talk with our next guest, Peter Rogers. He is the CEO of Welfare Management and he is a consultant in blockchain and emerging technology that is poised, in Peter's opinion and many others, to change the world. Peter, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Let's start with this. Blockchain, what is it? <laughs> what is it? Well, <clears throat> blockchain is a, uh, a essentially a network of computers, um, a, a distributed database, if you like, um, which enables information to be stored and transacted across the network uh, as opposed to storing information in a centralized database, such as a bank or a, a other a large organization. Um, uh, Blockchain enables um, a, a trustless environment. And what I mean by that is um, if I'm going to do business around the world, if I'm going to transact with somebody, I don't know them uh, and therefore I don't trust them. Obviously, that's human nature. Now, um, so we employ very large organizations and institutions to create trust in the network. These are banks and credit card companies, social media companies, uh, Uber, uh, Airbnb and many others that we all we all know and sometimes love. Um, uh, and they create trust and they enable us to do business without actually being in the same room as somebody. If I'm going to buy a book from you with cash, I'll pay you $10. You give me a book, we walk away, we're done. But if I'm going to do business with you around the world, then that's not quite the same. Um, so what the blockchain does is it creates trust. It develops a trustless network so that we can do business peer to peer directly without those central authorities, those intermediaries um, that, that, uh, that, that currently and have traditionally and historically created that trust. And, and, and you may ask, well, why is that a bad thing? Well, the problem with those centralized authorities is that they're centralized. And they hold information on you, me and everybody else in a, in a central, central database. And that makes them a target for hackers and uh, JP Morgan and, and Target and Home Depot and recently Equifax have uh, learned that the hard way, of course. Um, the second thing is that they, they, they slow things down. Uh, when we're trying to transact, uh, having those centralized authorities, if you put your credit card into a, credit, into a, into a swipe machine, uh, it goes to goodness knows how many banks and, and, and a goodness knows how many different things happen to actually uh, make that transaction occur. And several days later, there's a settlement and, and, and the deal is done. Um, but, but the blockchain enables those transactions to happen instantaneously. Um, and, uh, and so uh, they greatly speed up uh, financial transactions, of course, in terms of stock shares and dealing and, and certain things. You would want to make that transaction happen very quickly. Now, the key here, as I understand it from talking with you and other experts, is that blockchain is a technology, it's a distributed data technology that has a wide range of applications, but at its core is very, very sound from the standpoint of uh, how it's encrypted and how it's utilized. It's, it, basically, it almost self-heals. So it is revolutionary in, in so far, and a lot of people are excited about it. Mm. Peter, yeah. in your work, you're starting to work with various businesses around how to use blockchain to change their business models. Give us some examples of where you're seeing companies 
look at how they're managing data and networks in new ways because of this enablement. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, the obvious one and the, uh, the the industries that people quote are financial services, uh, you know, and health. And there are uh, there are use cases. Uh, and, and a quick one in the financial services industry is this international remittances. At the moment, it costs, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 percent to send money overseas. Uh, that's a, a, a good chunk of change if you're going to send $200 to a family member in uh, Africa that they need to support uh, to support themselves. And uh, using the blockchain or blockchain based financial services enables an immediate transaction, instantaneous at very, very low cost. So there are obvious use cases along the lines and many, many companies, Ripple and many other are working on applications in that space. But here's one that you might not have thought of uh, or might not think is so obvious. And we're working with a client at the moment in, in the recruitment industry. Uh, they're a recruitment consultant and they deal with other recruitment consultancies as well and employers. And, and they came to us a while back and they said, we've heard about this blockchain thing and we think it's going to disrupt our industry. Now, I'll freely admit I was not an expert on the recruitment industry at that time. Uh, other than as a CEO in the past, I've hired people and been charged 20% of first-year salary by recruiters. I never thought that was particularly uh, fair, but, but never really understood the industry and, and therefore, you know, coughed the money up. Um, so, so we got into a conversation with this client and talked about how uh, blockchain might disrupt the industry. And once we started to investigate it, of course, we found out that there is a significant potential disruption here. And the reason is that... Uh, one of the reasons that uh, recruitment consultancies charge high fees is that um, when I send you my resume, what's the guarantee that that resume is accurate? And we've seen many very high profile instances of people, you know, putting the, uh, an illegitimate degree on their resume or an employment history that wasn't actually there or some project they ran that they didn't really run. And so the recruitment consultant is is really forced to check every resume that lands on their desk before they present that resume to their client, the employer. Because if they present a, an incorrect resume and that person turns out not to be who they say they are, of course, the consultant's reputation is then degraded. And so they take great care to check every resume. How does a blockchain solve that problem? Right. So, so the blockchain enables uh, information to be placed onto a network, which is then immutable. And that means that it can't be changed and it can't be tampered with. And if, if, if anyone does try to tamper with it, it becomes immediately obvious. So if I'm able to post my resume information, my academic qualifications, my employment history, if I'm able to post that to the blockchain and have that verified absolutely by the institution for which I used to work or where I went to school, then that information can be guaranteed to be accurate. So you can no longer monkey with your LinkedIn profile. Correct. That's a very interesting use case. The biggest use case I think people are most familiar with right now, which I think may be the biggest risk for people understanding blockchain, uh, is Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Really quickly here, Bitcoin is gotten, has gotten people's attention. It's a financial bubble, perhaps. People are trading it, making money, not making money. Do you think that the Bitcoin situation helps blockchain adoption or may harm it? Interesting question. I think it, I think Bitcoin, uh, the situation with Bitcoin brings to the attention of the wider uh, population blockchain. And what I mean by that is Bitcoin is may or may not be a bubble, but bubbles aren't a bad thing. There was a bubble during the internet, the internet period, which which led to a lot of innovation and a lot of money being invested. And out of all of that, we get Facebook, Google, Amazon, and, and so on. So bubbles are not necessarily a bad thing, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think Bitcoin has done a lot to drive the understanding of what blockchain is, because people will, before they invest and should, take a look at Bitcoin, do your own research, and understand what it is and why it has the potential to increase in value and then drop back 
back. And if you look at the underlying technology, you come back to blockchain. So I think from that sense, it's driven an understanding of, of, of blockchain. On the negative side, of course, it has negative connotations. We've seen it go to almost $20,000 in September and come back to where it is now, which is uh, six or seven thousand or whatever it is. So, so um, of course, uh, you know, people are wary about that. But I mean, I still think that Bitcoin is a tremendous opportunity. And I go back to the fact that as a as a currency, as a cryptocurrency, or as a as a uh, a network, it has never been hacked. It has never been hacked. The underlying blockchain has never been hacked. People have been hacked, uh, losing their wallets and so forth. But that's absolutely, a, that's yeah. a very big point. Yeah. And with that, Peter, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us about what, frankly, may be the biggest industrial opportunity currently available in the D.C. region. That was Peter Rogers. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. And a thank you to our sponsor, Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation. Their business development team can help you find the best talent, an ideal location, and the latest in market and business intelligence so you can do business successfully in the greater Washington region and Montgomery County. Your business success starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. Support for this podcast comes from University of Maryland's Smith School of Business where students learn to harness data to meet tomorrow's challenges. More information about the Smith School MBA program is available at rhsmith.umd.edu. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two DC region bands, Two Car Living Room and The Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show Tweet us at at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>